Welcome to the Fired Up Pro Wrestling Podcast, part of the Fired Up Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Dan Soden, and this week, we've hit a bit of a milestone here at the Fired Up Pro Wrestling Podcast. We've hit episode 10. Uh, My attempt at getting a guest for this one fell a little bit short, that's on me, but in the future, we do have some things coming, so stay tuned. Um, on a somber note, before we get into anything else, really, I just want to give my condolences to the family and friends of several wrestling legends. Uh, first off, uh, Bobby Eaton passed away uh, today at the age of 62. Um, along with Eaton, we also lost uh, longtime indie wrestling promoter and Memphis wrestling star Burt Prentice, who passed away also at the age of 62. And um, on Tuesday, the masked assassin Jody Hamilton passed away. Uh, our thoughts are with their loved ones at this time. Now, as we uh, move forward uh, to the news portion of this podcast, uh, I just want to give a shout out, like I always do, to the DailySmart.com, my personal one-stop shop for all wrestling news. Rich over there really puts in some serious hours to make sure not only is the site working great, but also the app. So make sure to go download the app and follow them on Twitter at the Daily Smart. So uh, it was a busy little weekend. Um, Bray Wyatt was handed his pink pink slip on Saturday uh, in news that really seemed to shock the entire wrestling community. I feel like the fallout from his release was also somewhat news in itself. Uh, several people started making some pretty outlandish comments about the release. Um, most notably, I feel like Mickey James, uh, who put a lot of unneeded grief on Alexa Bliss over the weekend, uh, kind of giving her um, kind of making her the scapegoat for this. Uh, She made some comments that uh, Bray became a little bit of an expendable after Bliss took over the gimmick. Uh, Bliss didn't really make a comment about Mickey James uh, or that situation, Um, but she really didn't, she didn't deserve to catch a stray on that one. Um, I'm not sure why Mickey has continued to make every release after hers about her. But I guess promotion for that NWA pay-per-view, am I right? Uh, Speaking of uh, surprise releases, Ric Flair was also released this week. Uh, There have been uh, a few conflicting reports. uh, If he asked for the release or if he was fired due to a verbal altercation between himself and Vince McMahon over the booking of Charlotte Flair. Uh, Ric Flair disputes that he was released because of the booking. He said it was just some business uh, decisions. He wanted to do something and they didn't want him to do it. I guess we can expect to see him in AEW soon. Uh, it was also reported this week that Adam Cole's contract had expired, and he's been working on a bit of an extension that they uh, they say should end around the time of SummerSlam. No word yet on if a new deal is in place, but the internet has already started booking him for AEW. Um, along with Cole, fellow NXT superstar Pete Dunne's deal is up, uh, coming up, I should say. Uh, like Cole, no word on negotiations or what's uh, what's going on with him, but they would be a fool not to re-sign both, both individuals. Uh, Taz, Mark Henry, Chris Jericho, and Excalibur were announced as the commentary team for Rampage starting this Friday. Uh, if there's anything I hate more than a three-man booth, it's probably a four-man booth. Uh, I'm not sure why we need all four guys in the booth. Uh, Taz, Excalibur, and Mark Henry would be fine. I don't think we need Jericho. Um, but who knows how long that will last. Uh, speaking of AEW, 
Max Caster dropped some uh, god-awful bars this week, uh, more so than normal. Uh, most notably, he made a reference to the Duke lacrosse rape case that happened back in 2006. So he's being pretty topical here. Uh, the match in question was filmed during the Fight for the Fallen card, which was an event where AEW partnered with Safe Alliance. Safe Alliance is a non-profit organization dedicated to providing hope and healing for domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. So good on Max for that one. Um, Tony Khan did announce that they pulled the original version of Dark from YouTube and reposted it with Caster's uh, entrance eliminated from the broadcast. Um, in the words of JoJo, a little too late. And to wrap things up, Fightful is reporting that Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot, is allegedly heading to AEW. No word yet on when that will be or what the plans are for her. Uh, when we return, though, we will be talking about the week in pro wrestling. And we're back. Uh, so, format normally is I start off with the worst show and then go to better, better, best show. Um... I think we should start calling the worst show the raw placement of the week. Something along those lines. If you have any better ideas, at Daniel Soden on Twitter. Uh, so this week we kick things off with Bobby Lashley and MVP in the ring. Uh, MVP starts cutting himself a little promo. Goldberg comes out. Uh, Goldberg greets his, uh, his son, who is now a, a, a not a grown man, obviously, but he's definitely already taller than me. Um, Goldberg cuts... A, Goldberg weird-ass promo. I feel like all of Goldberg's promos, and Goldberg in general is a pretty weird guy, but all of Goldberg's promos are just so so very Ultimate Warrior-esque without being, you know, like you can understand it, you just don't understand it. Uh, anyway, uh, Goldberg cuts the promo. Doesn't look like we're going to get the match. MVP talks uh, Goldberg's son, um, and then Goldberg uh, runs it back for a spear on MVP. Um these guys really aren't selling me on the match here. Uh, I, I, I personally love Goldberg. Um, uh, I don't, I like Bobby Lashley. I like MVP a lot. I just wish the chemistry was there and it just doesn't seem like anything they're doing is going to really work. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping for the match to happen, um, and just be over with Goldberg. Drew McIntyre seemed to have a lot more chemistry. Um, speaking of Drew McIntyre, we get Veer and Shanky versus Drew McIntyre in uh, your basic squash match. Um, Jinder comes uh, comes in with a chair. Then it's three chairs versus Drew with a sword because why not? They all run away. Uh, Shanky is kind of in the ring shaking a little bit before he ultimately darts off. Um, Another one, um, I think Jinder and Drew would have pretty good chemistry. I feel like they've just gone too over the top with this prom, um, program. Uh, I'm not sure what the end game here is outside of making Drew just look like the ultimate uh, badass. Uh, we get a Nia Jax promo uh, on Rhea. Uh, she'll be facing her in a little bit. Uh, then they run it back with the Drew promo on Jinder and crew. Just once again beefing up Drew's badassness. Uh, Rhea versus Nia. Um, Rhea playing the underdog here for a little bit. Uh, then we get Nia Jax busted uh, open on her face. Uh, Shayna's a distraction. Rhea wins with a roll up. Uh, Shayna and Nia 
have a, a little bit of a fight. Shia, um, Shayna leaves. Uh, Rhea um, back in the ring for a riptide on Nia. Nia. Ugh, it was it was a riptide. Uh, it did not look good at all. Um, I get that they're trying to sort of put Rhea over as like kind of a brute force. Um, strong and all that. It just... I don't know if that's the one you want to do with, especially when you're kind of playing her up as the underdog the whole match anyway. Uh, we get Mason T-Bar versus Mansoor and uh, Mustafa Ali. Um, this was a pretty good tag match. I, I like that. The one thing I do like about Raw is they've been having these kind of undercard tag team matches, which I feel like is kind of a throwback to the early 90s. Um, overall, they have been really good TV matches. Um, Ali hit a pretty cool Tilt-A-Whirl uh, DDT. Uh, Mansoor, uh, Mansoor has uh, looked pretty good since his call-up. Uh, unfortunately, here he kicked uh, kicked the ropes, kicked into the ropes, I should say. Uh, knocks Ali off the top uh, top rope. The distraction comes, gives T-Bar the opening that they needed uh, for the win. So Mace and T-Bar finally kind of pick up a win. Uh, they kind of need a little bit of momentum going forward. They've been kind of just the glorified big man jobbers as of late. Uh, after the match, uh, Ali sacrifices himself to T-Bar and Mace so that Mansoor can get away scot-free. I like the moment where he kind of lets in that deep sigh like, yeah, I do like this guy, and he helps him out. That was kind of a nice little touch. Um, we get a Charlotte promo. She uh, she hits a weird moment about uh, Simone Biles here that really didn't bring anything to the table. I guess um, writer's room wanted to be topical, to be topical for, for sake. Um... Nikki comes in, sneaks her with a chair, um, and that's it. She kind of stands tall. It's it's starting to lose a little bit mo of momentum with the 50-50 booking that they're kind of doing here and then leaving Rhea out of it all. It's just, I'm not sure where it's going uh, outside of the triple threat match at SummerSlam. Uh, we get an Eva, Marie, and Dewdrop promo. Uh, Tamina versus Dewdrop. Uh, Tamina picks up the win after Dewdrop was distracted by Eva. Uh, it follows it up with an Alexa promo. Um, I'm sh I'm expecting Tamina to drop the tag team titles or th sometime soon. Uh, Natty got the surgery, so she'll be out for an extended period of time. I'm thinking Knox and Shotzi pick up the titles, but they weren't featured on SmackDown, so I'm not sure really where that's going. Um, Damien Priest and Matt Riddle have a promo in the back, uh, to further their friendship with that cool handshake. Uh, we get Ms. TV with Damien Priest, and then the ghost of Teddy Long, who's not dead, uh, starts, uh, booking the next, uh, couple moments. So the segment turns into Damien Priest versus John Morrison. Uh, Priest picks up a relatively quick win over Morrison. Uh, Sheamus attacks Damien Priest. Ricochet makes the save. Now we have Sheamus, Morrison versus Ricochet, Damien Priest. Um, yeah, so Teddy Long kind of comes in. Reminds me of old SmackDown days. Uh, we get a dripstick wet floor uh, ricochet slide into the steps uh, little spot that I thought was pretty cool. I think the Miz and Morrison continue to make the dripstick at least entertaining to some degree. Uh, Lashley um, responds to Goldberg's challenge. He says yes. So we're going to see that at SummerSlam. We get Amos uh, versus Riddle. Uh, this, this was basically a squash match. Almost defeated Riddle relatively quickly and with relatively, with relative ease. Um, kind of interesting that they do that, but at this point, Riddle is a made man, so it's not that that far fetched to see. It's not like 
the carrying cross issue. Uh, we get an Alexa promo. She's in her little playground. Dude drop attacks her from behind. Eva Marie picks up Lily and disgusted by it, drops it. And then we get uh, Lily with the Undertaker-esque sit-up, which was hysterical. I don't know if they mean for this to be funny, but it is hysterical. Uh, we get Carrying Cross versus Keith Lee Part 2. It was a solid match, probably the best match of the night. Uh, the crowd was behind Lee. It was extra quiet for Karrion Cross. It felt like they almost even turned down the crowd. I'm not sure if this is something that they're trying to do to generate some kind of weird internet buzz or not, but it just felt really quiet for him. Uh, Keith Lee picks up the win. Um, solid match, like I said. Uh, not much really to report out there. I don't have an outcry about Karrion Cross repeatedly losing he's just mma mark marrow to me uh we got another Rhea promo we get a reggie promo before his match versus tozawa uh these 24 7 title matches have been um both entertaining and very oddly placed throughout the shows uh, reggie of course picks up the win uh, and this leads us to nikki ash versus charlotte uh nikki picks up the win uh it was a fine um no holds bar match we of course got the classic barricade and table spot that we have seen throughout these matches in recent WWE history. Um, Charlotte spears herself through the table because Nikki moves out of the way, and Nikki picks up the win um, after taking advantage of that. Raw was just back to being Raw. Um, there's not much there at all. Uh, the Charlotte-Nikki um, A.S.H., program seems to be the highlight of it which isn't saying much uh we're on week two of no xavier woods or kofi kingston and we're still trying to figure out what's going on with randy orton i expect somewhat of them those guys to be back in time for SummerSlam, which is about two weeks away uh, i'm not sure what what they're going to do with new day but i expect randy orton to come back to have rk bro versus almost in styles for the tag team titles at SummerSlam. Um, so that's Raw when we return. We'll talk about the second worst show of the week. And we are back. Uh, NXT, man, has not been great the last couple weeks. Uh, it really, uh, I know that they're rebuilding, but it really has been a struggle to kind of get through these shows. Um, they start things off with Hit Row versus uh, Legado de Fantasmo. Um, I honestly don't know how to pronounce words, so I do apologize, guys. If I do get that wrong, one day, one day, I will uh, probably get that right. Uh, this was a solid tag team match. Uh, Santos Wales top dollar with a chair for the DQ. Um, Legato goes in um, after Swerve. Um, I believe Santos took Swerve's crown out of his mouth. Uh, and they go to snap a chair around his neck, but Top Dollar makes the save. Uh, Fab um, nails uh, Joaquin with the chair, and then Top Dollar kind of goes in there and uh, clears house. Swerve hits his finisher on Raul. Uh, I like where they're going with this feud. Um, they can obviously do the tag team, the trios, the one-on-one -on -one with Santos and Swerve. Uh, it's a nice kind of mid-card um, feud. To have on the show uh we get samoa joe um regal gives him his own security team or detail i should say uh to make sure things don't go awry uh, we get a dexter loomis segment that's creepy uh ridge holland versus euro uh it's a, it's a squash 
Uh, Holland takes his jacket and throws it into the crowd. Uh, I'm really starting to hate the stupid jacket gimmick. Um, it's just it's the same routine over and over again. There's nothing new added to it really. Um, the crazy jacket thing is kind of Seth Rollins thing, not wrestling in it. But then you have Reggie wrestling in like a full suit. So it's just ah. It's not doing it for me. Uh, Pete Dunn cuts a promo afterwards that I thought was really good. I like where this trio is headed. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get Danny Burch back anytime soon. I think I think he's he's due back in like two months, so I can't really see him being worked into these plans right now. Uh, we get a Rob Stone, Jesse, and Frankie Monet promo. Basically, they got to shape up or ship out. Uh, Trey, uh, Trey Baxter, uh, a.k.a. Budget Murphy promo for the, the tournament. Uh, that was fine. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Bob Fish. Uh, Strong wins. It was a hard-hitting battle. Uh, Bob Fish looks to be in better cardio shape than he was previous weeks. I know this one was taped. Um, L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes segment. Um, it was fine. Uh, not their. I like their pre-tapes better than their like kind of backstage stuff. Uh, it's Knight and Grimes versus uh, Grizzled Young Vets. Um, Prior to the match in the in the segment, it was like, you got my back, I got your back. Obviously, Knight wasn't going to have Cameron Grimes back. As soon as he goes to make the tag, he steps down. So it's Cameron Grimes in basically a handicap match for his Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, he holds down his own for a little bit, but eventually Grizzled Young Vets uh, overcome and win. Uh, then we see Ted DiBiase come out and kind of give uh, Cameron Grimes a little bit more of that fatherly advice that he's known for lately. Uh, then we get a Dakota Kai promo little segment that was really well done i thought it kind of sends the message um loud and clear um next week we will see raquel kind of answer for the actions of dakota kai uh we get a johnny um gargano and candace promo um i really do not care about the way whatsoever um this dexter loomis johnny gargano kind of feud is just i don't know it's just not for me i guess uh, we get a joe gacy promo for the breakout tournament um, an, app, an update on Adam Cole follows that. Uh, his neck is uh, said to be injured, but they will have a uh, sit-down, him and Kyle O'Reilly with William Regal next week. Uh, we get Joe Gacy versus Trey Baxter. Uh, Budget Murphy picks up the win over Joe Gacy. It was a solid match. Um, they've, they've all been kind of solid matches in this breakout tournament. Both sides seems to be kind of uh, going the same way. The little guy kind of takes down the bigger guys. So I would imagine either we get Duke Hudson versus Trey Baxter or uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones in the finals. Um, we are then greeted with a fucking god-awful Zoe Stark and Io Shirai segment. I mean, tone deaf. Um, yeah, it was just bad. It was just really bad. Uh, this is followed by an indie uh, Hartwell promo. Um you know, just kind of leading up for the main event. Karrion Cross comes out, jumps up on the announce table, spits out some bullshit, and calls out Joe. Joe runs out, and Karrion Cross, who is supposed to be this badass, goes running away through the crowd. I thought the the booking of Karrion Cross has always been a little wishy-washy to me, but this uh, this one was really uh, really odd to me. Why would he just run away? Why would he sit there and let the security team and Joe kind of go at it laughing? I feel like that would have sold the better message and then he just escapes. 
Instead, it felt like something more like The Miz would do. Uh, Joe dismantles the security team and chokes out uh, one of them kind of to send a message to Karrion. Uh, Kashuda gives us a little promo saying Roddy has a shot anytime at the title that he wants. Um, Johnny versus Dexter is next. Uh, it was it was fine. I just, like I said, I didn't care for this feud. I don't care for it too much. Uh, no Beth Phoenix here. I'm not interested in the index. Um, Indy comes out kind of as the distraction. Eventually, Dexter does his under-the-ring gimmick. Indy goes in to get him. Candice comes out, and her and Johnny both pull Indy out from under the ring, but she's locked hand-in-hand with Dexter in a moment. They don't embrace, obviously, because Johnny's there to break it up. Uh, Johnny eventually picks up the win, uh, but Indy runs back in and uh, lands a a Luthes lip press on Dexter Loomis to end the show. It's just... I don't know what NXT is doing right now. Like I said earlier, I get it's the rebuild. I'm hoping it's uh, a quick rebuild and not the New York Jets of rebuilds. Uh, When we return, it will be AEW Dynamite, guys, because SmackDown was really good. And we are back with AEW Dynamite. Uh, going forward, next week we'll start um, Rampage. Uh, we will be covering Rampage here. Um, hopefully that hour extra of Pro Wrestling Little Week doesn't drive me insane. But, uh, yep, we will be covering Rampage here. I know I had people blowing up my DMs um, it, constantly in my messages. Are you guys going to be covering Rampage? And, uh, yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, also, no one was bothering me at all about it. Uh, things start off with Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero. And, God, holy shit, Jericho looked terrible. I, the man looks like he's ready to have a heart attack. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. They need... To check on this man. He was bright red before the match started. Out of breath. Juventu Guerrero, who doesn't look like he's wrestled in five years, was moving around more briskly than this man who's been wrestling every week. It was just sloppy, god-awful. Uh, I do have to say, though, the finish was nice. The Judas effect off the top rope was uh, was a good touch. Um, Wardlow makes his way out and just attacks both men hits his finish on jericho next week it'll be wardlow versus jericho with mjf at ringside i know the commentary team seemed to have that mixed up and made it seem like mjf would be the ref but later on they cleared it up that he will just be ringside um shenanigans are bound to happen am i right uh, we then go to Death Triangle without Pac, so just the Lucha Bros. Uh, it's announced that Pac's travel was canceled, and in walks Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Andrade. And, uh, yeah, they are, uh, you know, trying to get uh, our boys uh, Phoenix and Pentagon on their side. And uh, Phoenix and Pentagon continually tell them that they don't work for Pac. I think this angle is a little weird in the message that they're sending. Um, I'm not sure why it's why they continually pu- push the idea that it's they work for him. Uh, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, eventually I, I I would imagine they bring in someone to team with Andrade um, 
to go up against Death Triangle. Uh, we get a Dark Order promo. Eventually, Hangman walks in. He says, for now, he needs his space again. Uh, this one, I'm really not sure what they're doing. I'm not sure if they're just going to continue the chase longer because the crowd seems to be eating it up. And guys like Punk and Daniel are allegedly coming. I'm not sure. Uh, we get the uh, freshly released Everrise. Now back to the 2.0 name with Daniel Garcia making their debut on Dynamite. Uh, they're going to face off against John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen. Um, not the harp on what Bully Ray has said about the referees, but Bryce looked right at Moxley cheating and then turned his head. It's little things like this that when they're pointed out, we all start to notice. Uh, Bully Ray pointed it out, and now everybody is noticing how these refs move. It's something I thought that they would have probably fixed by now, but they haven't. Um, hopefully in the future, they do kind of clean things up a little bit. Uh, Darby Allen diving onto Parker while he was uh, kind of enamored by Sting was a pretty cool ma shot. I like that. Uh, the coffin drop for the win over Garcia. It was a solid trios match. Uh, I imagine that these guys will continue to work as a trios, um, 2.0 and Garcia. They they worked well together. Um, and, of course, Moxley and Eddie worked well together, and Darby Allen kind of fit uh, right in. We also got one of the greatest pictures of Sting of all time. It's up on my Twitter, uh, both at Daniel Soden and on the podcast Twitter, at Three sec tan. Um, it was it was just priceless. I loved it. Um, we get an elite segment where they're pretty much just dropping Easter eggs left and right. Uh, we get Doc Gallows uh, over there in the Ric Flair robe, Kenny Omega in a Cookie Monster uh, T-shirt for CM Punk, uh, Carl Anderson in a Bollywood Boys T-shirt. Um, I, if I missed anything else, let me know. Uh, I'm not sure the Hawaiian shirt that everyone is talking about is a Bray Wyatt Easter egg because those two uh, young bucks have been wearing those kind of uh, unironically for a couple weeks now. Uh, it also is announced that uh, the Good Bros will be facing Dark Order for the Impact Tag Team Championships next week. Uh, it is going to be Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus those guys. Um, we get Christian versus Blade. I thought this what might have been Christian's best match in AEW, uh, I really liked where Blade and Bunny and Butcher, but he's out. But Blade and Bunny have gone since their Impact days. Uh, it was a really nice showcase for Blade. He really kind of got some time to work. Um, he goes for the knuckles, and of course Christian uh, hits him for a spear. Uh, during the match, Layla Hirsch came out and kind of took Bunny out of it, setting up their match later on in the night. Uh, we get an FTR and um, Ortiz and Santana uh, promo. Uh, the feud is far from over. Uh, Wheeler will be out for a little bit with the injury. They are selling it like it was life-threatening. I'm not sure because there have been some conflicting reports if it was life-threatening or not. I mean, the guy was bleeding like a stuck pig, but I'm not sure if his life was really uh, on the line. We get a uh, Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker segment in the ring. Uh, Red Velvet comes out and challenges Britt. Um, so at the first Rampage in Pittsburgh, it'll be those two for the AEW women's title. We get another Andrade promo. This time he has Fuego Del Sol uh, in it. And he just beats that boy's ass. Just wailing him into the, uh, the steel doorway. Uh, and then makes him kind of polish his shoes. Uh, to send a message to the Lucha Bros that if they stick around with Pac, this will be them. It, it was fine. Um, 
And then we get Hangman Page in ring. The Elite come out before he really gets a word out. Um, Page slaps Kenny. The Elite then start the beatdown on him. Dark Order runs out. Uno and Stu stop them from entering the ring because Hangman Page wants his space. Uh, and then um, Kazarian, uh, Kazarian comes out and, uh, like always, gets his ass beat by the Elite. This man has been the Elite Hunter since May and has zero bodies to his name. I think they need to repackage this little gimmick um, and stop making his boy the jobber for the Elite. Um, Paige uh, ends things with uh, uh, the belt to the face from Omega. Uh, we get a Dan Lambert um, promo. He'll be back next week uh, with backup for Lance Archer. I'm imagining it's going to end up being King Mo, and we get Lance Archer versus King Mo down the line. Uh, we get the match of the night, uh, Miro versus Lee Johnson for the TNT title. I thought they really let uh, Lee Johnson kind of... Uh, shine here he got a lot more than i thought he was gonna get i personally love lee johnson as far as a prospect i think that with time he will be really good he has a lot of uh redeeming qualities to him uh miro looked good in his first match back in like a month month and a half um i would like to see the tnt title defended a little bit more on tv and i imagine with rampage coming up that happens uh, we get a Christian promo in the back where he is announced as the number one contender for the AEW world title. Uh, he sings us uh, the Golden Girls theme song, which I personally was a big fan of. Uh, kind of also just uh, letting us know that Best Friends will be out there for Layla Hirsch in her match against Bunny coming up. And now we have Bunny versus Layla Hirsch. Uh, this is for the NWA Women's number one contendership. Uh Camille is ringside. Um, Hardy and his whole crew come out with Bunny. Um, and the BFFs, or best friends, I should say, come out with uh, Layla. There's a weird altercation between Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose at ringside. This is, I guess, to set up for next week because now they have they announced after the match that match would be happening. Um, Layla taps out Bunny. I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, overall, it's about time they gave them a little bit more time in the show. Uh, Camille then comes in the ring and has the funniest standoff with Layla Hirsch, who is about a foot and a half shorter than she is. Layla, I understand your pain. Whenever I try and talk to friends, I'm always looking up in my neck. My chiropractor must love it because my neck is always uh, hurting. <laughs> um, so we get a uh, Jade and Smart Mark promo, uh, basically saying they've been off in Hollywood, I guess, to cover up some injury that uh, Jade had allegedly had. Uh, and then we get the main event, uh, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, it was a squash match, to a lot of people's surprise. Uh, Black came in there and just uh, did his damn thing. Um, beat that boy's ass, basically. And then uh, after the match, Cody uh, Cody starts talking to Tony Schiavone. Uh Starts alluding to retirement. Uh, and then uh, he takes off his boot. And before he could officially make the statement, Malachi Black comes in and wails him in the back with the crutch to end the show. I assume Cody is going to take some time off to be a father, to film uh, the big, big show or whatever it's called. And, uh, you know, enjoy life and then probably plug that uh, reality show that he has coming up. In the meantime, this also sets up Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes down the line it's a rinse and repeat cycle with cody um he did this 
with uh, Brody Lee as well. Uh, when we return, we will be talking about SmackDown. And we are back with the final segment of the week. Uh, we're talking about SmackDown, guys. And John Cena, the peacemaker himself, is kicking things off. He gives us a little bit of a recap. Uh, he drops that line about missionary. If missionary is interesting for 20 years, keep that person in your life. Got a chuckle out of me. Uh, the camera doing this really sucks. Uh, you know, if we're going to do releases, let's release Kevin Dunn. You know what I'm saying, folks? Uh, anyway, he calls out Roman again. Instead of Roman, we get Baron Corbin coming out in that barbecue stained white t-shirt. Um, we get a Suicide Squad plug um, like he just got from me. Uh, Corbin goes off on Cena eventually about being a sellout because all he gave him was like 100 bucks. Uh, Cena kind of tells him he needs an adjustment, an attitude adjustment. Boom. He hits him with the move. And we are done with the opening segment. Um, I do enjoy Corbin kind of getting in the mix here. He's been a star the last couple weeks with this broke boy gimmick. Uh, Mysterio's cut a promo about, you know, learning from the, the master himself, his father. Um, Jimmy Uso versus Rey Mysterio is going to be the match. Um, the fireman's carry kind of thing into the top turnbuckle was nice. Uh, Jay saving Jimmy from 619 as keeping with the premise that Jay is always there to save Jimmy. I'm sure we see something about that down the line. Uh, Ray ends up pinning Jimmy uh, with the same assist that Jay gave Jimmy the week before, but from Dom. Kind of a little taste of your own medicine. I like the story being told there. Uh, Bianca Belair comes out. Uh, We get a little in-ring promo with uh, Kayla Braxton. Yeah, Kayla Braxton. Why did I think her name was something else for a second? Uh, Carmella comes out, interrupts. Uh, follow that up with Zelina Vega coming out to interrupt. I know everybody's crying about uh, Zelina Vega constantly eating pins, but she's constantly on TV. So say say what you will. Uh, Carmella takes a cheap shot at Bianca, and then it's a double team with her and Zelina. And then, bam, Sasha Banks makes a return and makes the save for Bianca and then gives her a little hug. I thought the hug was an oversell. Like, you knew once she hugged her, you knew she was going to turn on her later on in the show. Because, what? Why why, why would she hug her? An arm raise, uh, like something like an, an embrace of some other nature makes sense. But I felt like the hug was too much of a tell, a little overkill. Uh, we get a Reggie backstage promo with the 24 side title. Um, cameraman walks in in the background. I thought we were about to see, like... Tazawa making like a quick pin or something, but nope, just someone messing up and probably getting fired. Uh, it seems like it's going to be Otis versus Reggie for the 24 7 title, and we get the swerve. Uh, Otis says it's uh, Gable instead, so we get uh, Chad Gable versus Reggie. Uh, the German suplex from the top rope was tight. Reggie landing on his feet was pretty cool. Uh, Otis coming in and attacking Reggie for the DQ finish I thought was a bit much, but I guess you want to keep Chad Gable looking strong for some reason. I mean, you haven't in the past, but I guess we can now. Um, yeah, I guess it was a nice match to show uh, Reggie's flipping feats. Um, we get uh, DeVille and Pierce um, to announce the tag team main event for later tonight, which is going to be Zelina Vega and Carmella versus uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Um, Finn and uh, Roman Reigns are uh, going to have their contract signing now. So uh, DeVille, uh, DeVille and Pierce kind of um, start things off. 
Uh, Finn comes out, then Roman with Haman. Uh, Haman uh, moves Roman's chair to the head of the table, which I was a big fan of the small detail there. Uh, I like the line that Roman gave, I'm going to smash you and send you right back to NXT. That was uh, that was pretty funny. He signs the paper. Uh, then we get a quick Finn promo. And uh, before he can sign it, Baron Corbin sneak attacks him and uh, goes to sign it. But before he can sign it, John Cena runs out, throws Baron Corbin out of the ring, and signs the contract. Uh, it was a different take on the contract signing that I guess we haven't seen before. Legally binding. Uh, I don't think it stands. But uh, it seems that uh, Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville feel like it does. So it will be. John Cena versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the Universal title. Uh, we get, um, which I think was the dark match during the Rolling Loud segments last week, uh, Big E, Cesaro, and Nakamura versus Apollo, Dolph, and Bobby Roode. Um, the faces all kind of hit their uh, their beats. Nakamura gets the win over Apollo. I would imagine Nakamura and Apollo are going to be the IC title feud going forward. Um, we get Edge coming out. And then a commercial break. But when we get back from commercial break, Seth is in the ring. Uh, they show us that Seth just absolutely demolished Edge during commercial break. Um, and then, uh, you know, he cuts a little bit of a promo and leaves. And we get Sasha and Bianca versus uh, Carmella and Zelina. Uh, it's a pretty good match. Um, I liked uh, Carmella's little cartwheel into the X Factor. She can keep doing that in my book. I, I enjoyed it. Um I felt like beyond, um, Sasha Banks was getting most of the ring time. And once again, I feel like they were really telegraphing the turn here. Um, Banks picks up the win. And Banks turns on Bianca to end the show. Um, I feel like, you know, we could see Becky Lynch coming back this week maybe. Uh, I'm not sure where she'll factor in here. But she should be back on SmackDown soon. Uh, if unless plans changed, um, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I kind of like what they're doing here with Bianca and Sasha, kind of part two. Um, even if it was telegraphed, you knew it was coming. They kind of tried to keep it fresh for TV. It was what it was. SmackDown, of course, right off the bat, you have the Seth Rollins Edge feud, the Roman Reigns John Cena one, the Usos and Mysterios, Broke Boy Corbin seems like he's gonna start feuding with Finn Balor. I just, overall, I feel like it's the most well-put-together show in a two-hour time period. I love it, guys. I just love it. And that's uh, that's the show for the week. As always, I'm going to get my follows in here. Follow me on Twitter, at Daniel Soden. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at 3SecTan. We're also now on Instagram, at 3SecTan. Don't forget to follow the podcast network, at Fired Up Podcast. Make sure there's an S there. Otherwise, you're going somewhere else. And... As always, follow The Daily Smart at The Daily Smart on Twitter. Guys, have a blessed weekend and enjoy your time.